I'm not a good Asian person. Because <laughs> <laughs> we established this entire episode. Like, I did see that. I only read what I want to read. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's true. You're listening to The John Chi Show, hosted by three Korean-American adoptees diving headfirst into what it means to be adopted, Korean, American, and more. And now, here's your hosts, Nathan, Patrick, and KJ. Welcome back to The John Chi Show podcast. I am Patrick Armstrong. What are your hosts here with my two other hosts, Nathan Nowak and KJ Relke. For another Wednesday, another episode, another, how are you doing, fellas? Another doing well. (laughs) (laughs) Great. I uh, have really been enjoying having nights free and Sundays free. I'm still uh, in the rhythm of like, yeah, new job, no church. And I realized just yesterday, I was like, you know why people watch so much dang football on Sundays? Because they've got nothing else to do. If you're not going to church or some other like religious service or something that's on a Sunday and like you don't have kids, you know what you got to do? You got to watch football, just hours of football, which what? is really hours of ads. And that's honestly. What was that realization so, like? I don't know. It was uh, <laughs> it was pretty, pretty mind blowing. I'm still like, I'm still in that, you know, I've only completed two weeks of working. So still feel like I'm uh, new at my job um, sure. and like still figuring that out. But I was like, oh man, I have so much time to like learn a language a la Korean or Spanish. I don't know. Both of them are equally important to me right now. Or uh, just reading a book, like sitting down and physically reading a book. Cause I, if I were to play video games all night, it would be like way more hours than I would have ever clocked normally. You know what I mean? I was just like, oh man, this is, this is a lot. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's nice. Uh, I'm like getting used to a much slower pace sure. and I'm not in any hurry to fill it with more stuff at the moment. So that's nice. It's nice to get your time back and hopefully for any longtime listeners and also for any new listeners that are here, you're spending your free time. Well, well, I guess I should say thank you for spending your free time listening to this. (laughs) I guess you might not be. for splitting your time between laundry Um, and... Or your commuting time or whatever you're doing. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) whatever time that you're giving us currently, thank you for those new listeners. This is a podcast about... Korean adoption, or more specifically, the Korean adoptee experience. We are three Korean adoptees, and we came together on a random day in July of 2020 over Zoom and decided to start a podcast together. And that's what we talk about. We celebrate our shared heritage, our shared origins, kind of, our shared stories, experiences, things like that, our shared culture. And sometimes we do it with food. Sometimes we do it with drinks, but always doing it with fun. Yeah, we haven't done it with a drink in a while. We have not yeah, done a heck? drink in a while. I know. What was our last drink? Go. Soju. Yeah. Soju? No, no, no. It was the... No way. Uh, oh, you mean, like, are you saying like hard drink Makoli? or just Did drink in general? Uh, seltzer? Yeah, either. I mean, honestly. Yeah, it was a seltzer. A porto? Well, no, there was a tea. We did like a really sweet oh, yeah. tea. Oh, with a... Um, didn't you do it with, with Haitian? We did with Haitian, yeah. We did the yeah. uh, burdock root. I was root. not there. Remember? The burdock root one, yeah. The, cure, the tea that cures cancer. Apparently. That wasn't, Apparently. wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I actually still have some in my cabinet. So. I also wow. have mine. Yeah. Okay, y'all. No need to brag. <laughs> do you? Oh, that's right. You couldn't find it. No, no, no I no, wasn't there. Gosh. No, but did you buy any? 
No. Oh, okay. You can buy it on Amazon if you're really. Didn't you get yeah. some and from? I thought I got mine from you. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I thought so too. But no, no, you ordered it on Amazon. As, oh, as, as, as I did or something true. as well or something. That yeah. is true. I don't know because <laughs> it was quick true. and we were in a in a pinch on time. But yeah, that's that's all BTS stuff. So and that all right well, behind the scenes stuff, not the well band. for all of our first time listeners and probably last time listeners. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to the hot the mess show. that is the John Chi Show. <laughs> this is the show. <laughs> Yikes. Um. Uh, yeah. Well, what were we going to talk about? Well, Nathan, was, you brought uh, something up uh, before we came on the air. And well, we were going to talk about what, what John G means. In, oh, uh, yeah. English. I guess I didn't t- say that, did I? It's hard to remember sometimes. I forgot. Well, we ask a question about how we're doing, and we forget to intro the show. So yeah. I think it's it's all yeah. of our faults. And actually, it's funny. Eric, uh, old friend of the show, Eric in uh, L.A. sent a photo of John G noodles recently. And uh, we, I still haven't had it that. <laughs> so I'm really Didn't we have that. that together after our first live no, show was, in LA? It was a different type nope. of noodle. Yeah, mm. it was like a morning noodle. But I still want to have John Chi noodles. So what does John Chi mean, though? Feast or, or celebrate. We are the show that is feasting on, on stuff. <laughs> yep. Definitely yep. last feasting time, on listeners. Stuff. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> it's good to know you guys. Oh, hilarious! All right, we absolutely hilarious. Well, I know because it's every time I think about it, you guys always say that uh, it was wrong the way that I thought about it. But when we first started the show and the name that came up, I seriously was thinking about Doljanchi because that's the only way I'd ever mm-hmm. heard it, um, which was you know Same. a first birthday. So I never knew there was Johnchi noodles or. Or even the way we say John Chi Heo and things like that, which again, I don't know if anyone ever else does say that. <laughs> I think we made I mean, that up. I don't. I don't know that it's like a <laughs> word. There's probably like a more common word. I don't know that even in English, people don't just say like "let's feast." Yeah, you know what I mean. Unless they're like LARPing or reading middle, like Lord of the Rings, or I don't know something like that. So. Yeah, I, I just think it's an uncommon phrase. It's technically accurate. I just don't know that it's common you're not gonna hear yeah. it in any k-pop or k-drama so yeah <laughs> that well, would be hilarious if you just heard someone go hey maybe yeah i just make it a thing yeah all right um yeah so we talk about a lot of things we celebrate our the things we have in common and things we that are different for us um as we were talking before the show nathan you brought up a good Question, a uh, good kind of topic. And, and one of the things that I want to explore because I, and I don't, not that I get this all the time, but I feel a weight of what do you do when you're introduced to someone through a third party and you're like, oh, yeah, and they're adopted too. too. And you're like, cool. Like, do you feel pressure to get into it do you feel pressure to uh like figure out where they are if they're pre or post apocalypse do you like how do you handle situations where someone else introduces you to another adoptee and your only point of commonality is you're adopted and you're like <laughs> oh great you <laughs> you both have trauma 
I think it depends if it's like an adoptee introducing me to another adoptee or let's if it's assume like that it's a not. non-adopted person. It's a non-adoptee. Who is only using that as our only connector. Uh, yeah. I feel like yeah, it is yeah, yeah. very, like, I don't oh, know. Oh, you like basketball? Yeah. Talk to this person. They also like basketball. But you're like, oh, you're adopted. Yeah, Talk to like, this person. Oh, They're yeah, also adopted. My neighbor's They're Asian. also adopted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you're both cool. Asian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I'm honestly like thinking right now and I can't think of a time where I've had that specifically happen. So I haven't actually thought about what my response would be to, to someone introduce me to another adopted person. And that was the only like point of connection. The only association was that you're both adopted. So I'm going to introduce you that way. I feel like it would be very awkward. I feel like I would try and pivot immediately. Um, and hopefully get away from that situation. Like, let's talk about sports. Let's talk about something. Yeah. Not lighter this. topics. Like, sure. yeah, uh, like politics. if we, and if they want to talk about it, we can get into it later. Like, uh, that's Religion. the thing. Um, yeah. Like, have you been watching the blood of the lamb? Yeah. Excuse me. No. Can we go back to my adoption? I, I agree. Prefer that. I don't think I would just jump right into any topics of adoption or anything with somebody who I just met. Number one, even though we were both adopted, because again, like KJ said, you don't know where they are and which side of the the apocalypse. Um, and also, I find it odd that that you know sometimes it would be a non adopted person introducing you. I have had many uh, non adopted people though say, "Oh, I know an adopted person," as just more of a yeah, commonality yeah, yeah. saying, mm-hmm. you know, trying to to relate to me. Um, and you know, they'll usually throw in, "Oh, they're a really good person" or something like that. You know. Yeah, generally it's uh, I know an adopted person and they don't have any of these problems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't talk about any of this stuff you're talking about. They're yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, ooh. To which you reply, yeah, I had a black president once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thanks, oh, Obama. My goodness. But uh but no, I, I I on the other side of it is I am very curious when I do hear somebody say that they know somebody who's adopted, or I meet somebody who's adopted without an introduction. I just randomly walk you know i'm walking next to somebody who's adopted that doesn't happen but you know what i'm saying and um <laughs> your adopted sense is tingling you see or someone adopt- on the exactly. subway in denver and they say i'm adopted on their shirt <laughs> exactly. like, what? <laughs> what if you were like oh my god i'm adopted too and they're like oh no i just bought this at goodwill yeah, yeah. <laughs> i just thrifted this but i do feel a, a commonality and i do feel like a bond that i do like want to talk to them i do want to like connect and see you know what they're all about and you know what they're doing um but that's because it wouldn't be in a setting i guess that's you know somebody's introducing me it would be more of like a private setting it wouldn't just jump into it but um, yeah i guess when i meet somebody who and it's not an introduction and then like that just comes up naturally that they're adopted i think i have a like i have the initial curiosity of like wanting to gauge but i don't think that I think what I've learned, especially doing the show, but just like in general over the last three years has been like there's a time and place for that conversation. And sometimes people are not ready to go there. And I know myself being someone who can jump to the conversation very quickly. Like I want to be mindful of people's where they're at and not make assumptions like, oh, they'll get it. Oh, they'll understand when I say the apocalypse mm-hmm. because they've listened to our show because that's yes. the only place that that <laughs> is. Yes. The only ones using because we're trying to use for now. For now, in the lexicon. But yeah, I feel like in that situation, it's a little bit different, um, where it's just kind of like a feeling out, and uh, and especially if somebody is like starting to have those questions or is thinking more critically about their adoption, like that's probably going to come up regardless. Mm-hmm. 
Because I found that generally people, other adoptees will ask me, like if we, if we're in that situation and then we'll get into it. Um, and not that I feel like, yeah, you're involved in it too. Oh, sure, sure, sure. And it's not like, well, yeah, because generally it's like, well, what do you do? And Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, well, I host a podcast. Yeah. Because that's one of the things that I say now. Now you're a professional podcast. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, No, I'm a professional (laughs) podcaster. Um, and then you got to tell them what the podcast is about. And I do a much better job than I did at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's it's just very contextual, circumstantial. I feel like. But I don't know how do you, what do you, have you found yourself in that situation, KJ? Uh, I mean, I've found myself in a similar situations mm-hmm. where even actually it, maybe this is more awkward. I'm not even introduced to the adoptee. Someone just says like, "Oh yeah, my." so-and-so is adopted do you think they would like the show or mm. my so-and-so is adopted do you think you like do you want to have them on the show or you know whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. or um yeah i don't know it's just a, a weird like i think there's this whole range of things that we should talk about the three of us and uh it's like how do you how to talk to or how to deal with non-adoptee people who are good friends, family members, uh, whatever, who you've known pre your own apocalypse. And then you've gone on this journey and you don't want to take the 30 minutes minimum that it would take to catch someone up on like where you're at in life. Cause it's like a, I don't know, some type of reunion reunion type thing or whatever. And, uh, but you do want to say like, well, here's where I'm at now. And then they jump to conclusions and you're like, that's super wrong, but we have all this history, you know, whatever. Right. I just, I found myself in that space a number of times where, um, you know, over, over the holidays, uh, some friends of mine, like longtime friends of mine, um, were moving to, to Denver actually from Houston. And so they made a pit stop in Dallas. Uh, and so I got to see them and it was good to talk to them and their parents, uh, and who have adopted, um, and then have biological kids of their own. And then um, when my grandfather passed away and we went to Arizona, I saw a lot of extended family there. And some of them were like, oh, do you still do the podcast thing where you like eat food? And I'm like, well, I mean, it was like more than that. <laughs> it's like a whole hour that you didn't pay attention to. We just posted right. the video on social. But yeah, I still do it. You know what I mean? But then it's like, I don't really want to. I don't want to get into it right now and all this kind of stuff. And we're here for a very different reason. So, right. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? But I think there's just this whole, like, how do I, how do I deal with that? You know? And I think especially like talking to an old friend who is going to adopt has just adopted whatever. And then you like catch up with them and be like, Oh yeah, this is interesting. I'm like, like talking with adoptive parents, you know, that's a, a situation that I have not found myself in a lot of times. And yet, um, in this one case, I was like, Oh, this is interesting. like, I was like, how much does research do they know? How much do I, you know what I mean? Like, it was just weird to be in that space. And like, cause the show I think and in, in Instagram and whatever, wherever we find our adoptee spaces are very comfortable. But then mm-hmm. when you're out of that, which is obviously not hard to get right. out of that circle, out of that bubble, you're like, Oh, this is weird i can't just say things like the apocalypse and people get it i do think it's really interesting yeah i do think that that contrast is very interesting um but i think that's something that i've been talking about a lot is like we got to be able to have those conversations then it's going to be super uncomfortable to talk about it outside 
But I think it's really interesting to me, at least, when I take the kind of language and conversation that I have in the adoptee spaces, and especially the first few times that I was starting to tell some of the or talk about some of the stuff that I was learning with just non just not people who were adopted. <laughs> with just not <laughs> they were just, people. They were ghosts. I was they exclusively were speaking to horses <laughs> and dogs. Exclusively the animal speaking kingdom the uh, <laughs> that I was doing all of my initial communications uh, to. Um, but just like the amount of curiosity that I felt like was like genuine, it felt like genuine curiosity versus like performative, just, Oh yeah, that's interesting that you do that. And I thought that I, th- I found that to be interesting and I found it to be, um, heartening because I think that especially in my friend group, I would be, I w- especially at the beginning was very worried about this awakening, this apocalypse that I'm now entered into, how that would shift those relationships. And it did obviously um, to a degree, but instead of being met with like, not necessarily fear, but dismissiveness, it was more of a, like a genuine curiosity perspective. And then it's like, okay, how do I, how do I take these adoptee, this adoptee language and make it digestible for this Mm -hmm. other audience and going from there. Do you, so, do you find yourself rambling or talking too much because 100%, 100%, of that? 100%. Because it's also like in real time trying to figure out what works. Like yeah. how do I describe this concept and make it so it's like, oh, that okay, that that makes sense. I can how resonate I do the or relate Notes to that. version. Exactly. But it's like but that's the thing. It's just like there's so much. Like there's yeah. not so much and then there is at the same what's, time. What's like one concept that took you a long time and you feel like now you're able to distill it a little more succinctly. Um, that's a good question. Uh, I knew when I said that it was a concept that was going to be, I, I guess for me, it's really, it's personal. It's more identity based. Um, yeah. and explaining my specific journey. So like when we first started the podcast, I would explain it as I was like running the opposite direction for a long time. Then I was sprinting back. Um, and I think, that type of description, while very simple, I think, and easy to understand, didn't really capture it. And now I talk about it in these three stages of rejection, reclamation, and acceptance. And I think, to Nathan's point of rambling, um, I do think when I tell that part of the story, it is a lot. But I do think, and it can probably feel very rambly, but I do feel like it. I can explain it now and talk about it in a way that's more digestible or more succinct, um, which I feel like, at the end of the day, hopefully is creating more empathy for the community overall, because I feel like that specifically, um, while not everyone's story follows those three stages, I feel like can encapsulate at least what an experience could look like from someone from our community. So hopefully that when I share that, it's like, that's where that genuine curiosity comes in. Like, Oh, I didn't think about that because I think universally anyone can feel like invalid, like, or feel like they don't, uh, connect with or belong to or hate even dislike and genuinely hate their identity of who they are in some form or fashion and then working through that i feel like that's a concept that anybody can understand but really trying to make the adoptee identity and the adoptee community part of that and making that seem like oh that's a, a something that makes sense that oh you can go through that too, experience that as an adopted person i think so that would be maybe the one concept of like identity I guess, and whether it's rejection, reclamation, whatever it looks like working through that. 
And again, I think I just rambled for like the last three and a half minutes <laughs> about explaining it. But I guess that's kind of <laughs> how I explain it. I would say um, when we, we first started the show, we would talk a lot about the mono, uh, adoptees as a monolith or stories and stuff like mm. that, that we are not a monolith and stuff like that. And I think that for me is uh, something I always knew, but I, I have heard so many more stories now of different, um, you know, circumstances, a positive, negative, um, just random um, things that I wouldn't have thought of. Um, and I think that is good to explain um, because I think people know that and people know that not everyone's story is the same, but a lot of them assume that the general one of everyone, you know, being thankful or, you know, being, you know, uh, an ideal situation kind of a story um, is what they think about. And when I explain that there are not the ideal stories there, there is a lot more trauma that they might assume um, that that's something that, again, like you said, Patrick, I want them to just have some empathy for other people's stories and and consider that and not take uh, adoption as this you know, overall, um, you know, uh, amazing bright light kind of, uh, you know, story. So um, even though there are those and, and you know, and, yeah. So I guess the other tie, like in the probably the easier way for what I just all everything I just said would have been to describe it would have been like uh, this is talking Patrick about again. <laughs> this is Patrick take two. <laughs> um, just the adoptee coming to consciousness. I think that's the one concept for sure that I can say that I've learned to describe more succinctly than just coming out of the fog or like I don't know, just like how talking about how one could possibly go through that journey. And I feel like I've been able to not very well describe that, especially from my own experience. And then to be able to talk about that more succinctly from a personal level and from a more macro level. I think. Can you, I think I know what you mean, but can you describe it for me? Like specifically, like I don't think I have heard you say the phrase coming to consciousness. Well, I use adoptee consciousness and I still haven't read the study, but I know that's like J. Ron and Amanda Baden and Grace Newton's uh, like real big thing that came out recently about shifting away from maybe the fog language to something different. Um, and so, again, the coming out of the fog is like the thinking critically about your adoption or adoption itself differently. Uh, as KJ puts it, the apocalypse where you have this change in, in thought process and regardless of whether you pursue it any further or not, like that's where you end up. Like it's changed forever. This is like a, a moment in time. So, okay, so I'm describing <laughs> the just the consciousness part of it. So essentially at the end of the day, I think the way I would talk about it is... Okay, now I can't even describe it, I guess. <laughs> that I feel like isn't anything that I already said, I guess, is my issue that I'm running into. I don't want to just repeat myself. Well, is it just like a uh, another term for like what I call the apocalypse or coming out of the fog? Sure, like, yeah, the con yeah, con like adopting neutral, consciousness. Probably yeah, yeah. more neutral, like, because I choose apocalypse more of, because it has like specific baggage to like end of yeah, the world yeah. and revelation and all those kinds of things. Um, but yeah, so coming to consciousness is just a more neutral term for like when being adopted is not just a thing that you are, but you have like a full kind of mental model and awareness of that as like an identity that you wear. In the same right, way right, that right, right. one might aware a gender identity, a sexual identity, a familial identity, a fandom identity, like that kind of thing, right? 
Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So consciousness, coming to consciousness is more of the... I always say scholastic, but that's not really the right word. Like Academic. the scientific, yeah, yeah, um, term of like coming out of the fog or the adoption apocalypse, like entering the apocalypse. You know, it's just, I think, a more formalized version. And maybe I shouldn't even be using it because I haven't dove into that study yet. And maybe I'm talking about it incorrectly. But as far as I, everything that I've heard summed up about it, uh, J-Rom was just a, a guest on the Adoptees On podcast. So she was talking about it there, which is why it's fresh in my mind. Um Mm, it's just that's what I how I've come to know it and I know that like the point is like how do we again the whole point of it is like how do we create language that's our own and mm -hmm. not that doesn't isn't rooted in and doesn't come from an adoptive parent yeah or steal it like you're doing man stealing words why don't you just make up your own term no <laughs> stealing it I even said it when I initially said it that it was from there <laughs> and then I hadn't read the study yet <laughs> Don't put me on blast like that. Nah, I got the receipts. Okay. <laughs> Run it back to 20, 20 minutes. No, I mean, <laughs> hey, KJ's got his apocalypse. You should just, uh, you know, make up a new new phrase. I mean, that's no, why I'm not the person that comes up the with the words. So. Oh, I'm not the one that comes up with the words. I just like true. You're, the, good, them. you're the person they who memorizes all of them and understand. Helps me understand. <laughs> and I clearly don't because I'm just not good at describing things. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know. Sometimes you do. You you oh, amaze thank you. me at how well your memory like is on certain things. Yeah, two, two out of ten, twenty percent. I mean, in most sure. cases, that's failure. I Actually, mean, given the case. amount of hours that we've spent talking to each other, that's still a number of hours that you've been <laughs> eloquent yeah. and right and good. So out of a thousand hours, that's two hundred hours. Okay, that sounds better. Yeah, yeah. You think like, we talk for a thousand hours? I talk good for two hundred hours. <laughs> that does sound like a lot when you say it like that. Yeah. <laughs> But these are the conversations we supposed we should be having though with other people, and like this is what it sounds are like. You saying in we my should have it not in a podcast. <laughs> are you saying we're doing yeah. it wrong, the three of us? Yeah, we're doing this completely wrong. No, um, just like that's what it. I feel like that that's how the conversation goes in those circles that aren't just adoptee spaces. Like even there, where I'm struggling to like really think about how I want to describe it. Like sometimes I will have to be like, hey. I'm trying to describe this for you and I'm doing a terrible job at it. Like, let me get back to you on this thing. And then you move on to the next thing. Like, I think that's a privilege I have with my friends is like, we have, there's no shortage of topics to talk about so we can move on. But mm -hmm. you know, like those conversations, it's about building to a constructive or productive, like new thought or building empathy with each other in, in a certain way. And they're messy. They're sloppy. They don't always go great, you know, but you have to have the conversation. If you don't have it, you're not going to learn mm -hmm. or and other people I, won't learn. That's why I say about the rambling thing. I, I, I try, I, I find it hard sometimes to not talk too long about the topics. If, if somebody asked me about the topic and then I just start going off on it and things like that, I feel like, okay, how do I transition out of this now? To, to something else, <laughs> so it doesn't sound like I'm obsessed I, with this topic of something I'm that they here. have guys. Yeah, that they don't guys. know much about. Maybe <laughs> so. <laughs> and you're looking around. You can't throw it to either one of us. We're not there with you <laughs> yeah, in that conversation. That's funny. <laughs> like, let me let me just face my co-host real quick. Just let me let me get them, and then we'll just, I'll just do a live show, a mini show for you. <laughs> Just That's hand funny. business cards out. And here's my podcast. Go listen to uh, 160 Have you made business cards for a podcast? No, I said we should. <laughs> then, then we can just, they can break off into that. It's really as funny. The, uh, well, if we had business cards segue. for every episode, each individual episode, <laughs> we just have 100 business cards. That's a QR code. That is a QR code That's for sure. A, yep. That's pretty easy. Yes. Um, 
Are we out of stuff to talk about already? No, I was just um, <laughs> oh, okay. I was interested in, I mean, yeah, it, it's one of those things like sometimes I just feel this pressure to because I am a podcaster because this is a thing that we have dedicated a lot of hours to talking about. I feel pressure to have like to be somewhat expert on it, even yes. though this is mostly an entertainment podcast. <laughs> uh, and even though like most of my time on the show is spent thinking about how I can make jokes while someone else is talking, sometimes I'm like, all right, well, okay, here, here's the thing that I have to say. And then it's in an interview and I shouldn't take up this space because we're interviewing someone. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's just like, I wish that there was, there's something in my head that's going on, I think, around the identity of adoptee and around, like, some early things that I'd hoped for um, that would sound like capitulation if I ever said them out loud, but it's not that. I think it's, um, Patrick, to your point, it's like that idea of, like, not so much reclamation, but just, like, coming, like, being at peace with who I am, where I am, my sure. lot in life, if you will, um, where it's just like, yeah, I mean, this is just how things are. Do I wish they were different? Maybe a little bit. Could they be different? I don't know, probably. But like, you know what I mean? And even, yeah. even when we were talking to Katie around our secret project, I was like, oh man, I wonder if, if, we're, if we pull this project off, will it feel different or will it, because we did it, will it feel different only because we did it or will it mm. feel different at all? Or will it just be like another thing out there in the world? And there's many other things like that. So I don't know. I've just, I think I'm in a weird space with figuring out uh, who I am, where I am. I know top of the year, I was like, I just need time, need time to live into where I am. Um, but it's like a, yeah, I don't know. And I I feel bad because we have a podcast and I think I just want to publicly state it's okay for me to not actively be pressing into these identities and actively be, Agreed. you know, whatever. Which I know that the two of you are like totally okay with with me. Um, but one of the most I, – I don't remember if I said this out loud to y'all. Uh, but one of the most terrifying things about doing the live shows is like I can see our audience. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh god, these are the people that I am talking to. These are the people who, for whatever reason, have dedicated time to listening to me talk to them in their ear holes. So yeah, there's like an added added pressure there. I don't know. I think that's the terrifying thing about doing anything live. Like, especially sure. <laughs> speaking, for sure. Yeah. Like, I was just in Boston and D.C. for these Dear Asian American events, and I was emceeing, and somebody came up to me after, and they're like, oh, you're so, you do such a good job at speaking publicly. And I was like, just, and they're like, I don't know if I could ever do that. And I was like, well, I'm like, I didn't really think I did that good. <laughs> I was like, I was rambling, stumbling all over the place, blah, 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 blah. And it was just like, to your point about the like reclamation being like a reclamation for me was not a finding acceptance and being okay with all that stuff. It was the start of like, Oh, I got to like unpack or unlearn or relearn or learn something new about all of this, like to gain that understanding of myself. And then, you know, a year and a half later, I found that under what I felt like was that understanding, which moved me into, okay, I'm cool with myself to be able to do more of that public facing thing and then i but i think too with that comes the added pressure or at least maybe the awareness 
of that non-existent pressure of being the expert in all of these things. And especially if like for me, cause I'm taking a route of wanting to like speak about these things and quote unquote, probably be seen as some sort of expert on the thought topic leader. of this. Yeah. Thought leader, whatever the label is really, I just want more people to empathize with our community. <laughs> and so like, oh, so our most marginalized people have better outcomes in their lives. Like that's really the only reason that I want to like speak about it professionally. Um, and because it also might is a seems like a viable opportunity to sustain for my own family. But, you know, it's just like every time I go up and do something in front of people, it's just like, am I going to F this up so terrible <laughs> that I'm not only fired from whatever job I was just doing, but I've just canceled from everything. Like yeah. how terrible am I going to mess this up every time? Even after I feel like super comfortable, I can just walk up and start doing it. But like, I'm always thinking, you're going to fuck this up. And I think kind of that fear helps me to like, yeah. maybe not fuck up. Oh, yeah. Well, I've heard that from a lot of uh, actors. And when I've listened to their interviews on podcasts and stuff, they always say that that they have a little bit of fear, a little bit of nervousness almost every time because it makes them, you know, it makes it real, but it makes them, you know, the effort to do what they need to do. Um, you know, viable. If they they just called it in and everything was too easy, then they might not be putting uh, you know a top uh, level uh, quality product out or something, or yeah. you know, acting or things like that. So, but when they fear that they might mess up, that fear kind of drives them to be better or to do what they need to do. Um, well, it's like your job those, and yeah. stuff. Like you know, when you're taking pictures like at an event or something, or for a client, you want to do a good job. You yeah. know, it's probably I, that fear I'm of afraid like that I'm going like to screw up. it up. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. And well, then, and I think so. it also like that just speaks to a matter of worthiness. Like you yeah, consider yeah, yeah. it a worthy thing. It is worth your time, worth your yeah. excellence, whatever. So you don't want to do poorly. But there are so many people who are just like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't care. I could be like, yeah. like yeah. if public speaking was your thing, but you had to talk about like, I don't know how to make a soda product. You'd be like, I just got to. But there's nothing, like nothing on the line, right. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's like, I'm out here, like, I am speaking, I'm trying to make a living, but also, like, ultimately, I want to further, like, my community, like, right, whatever. Right, right. Like, it feels like a lot on the line, and so you get nervous because it is worthy yeah. of exactly. that effort, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel that we, I mean, I think we all have come further since the, you know, two and a half years ago when we started this. We've all done a little bit more each time and or we've been a little more involved or something how you were saying kj that we don't always you know sometimes you want to take a step back or you just want to slow down on on things that you wanted to be doing but i think we we do little things sometimes it may not be for the community or it may not be for ourselves or may not be for a very specific reason but um but there are things that are advancing our knowledge or our, our awareness or you know our state our, our position in adoption awareness i think um you know Patrick speaking about it now more publicly, you know, I'm on, you know, the con committee and KJ, you're actually interacting more with the community, the adoption community as well. You know, you're not oh, <laughs> for the audience. I feel, I've seen so many pictures of you and Stephanie and Jennifer. I mean, that's, uh, no, that's just having friends locally who are not white. <laughs> that's just what it looks like to have right. friends. Yeah. <laughs> well, just have some, have this three people who grew up in white communities are like, Oh, look, not white people. Let's hang out. <laughs> but do you not consider that like a, I know an advancement in or not advancement was what's the better word um, just furthering your own self exploration? 
Uh, I mean, I do. Um, I think there is a part of it. And we might have talked about this in a previous episode, but it's just nice to like be in a space, a Lunar mm-hmm. New Year space, actually specifically for the three of us, a Soda space and mm-hmm. be like, I don't know, you yeah, know, right. um, like uh, Jennifer's oldest made uh, little gift bags for us. And he drew a rabbit in red marker and then wrote but he didn't write it in Korean, like in Hangul, which I was, I thought in my head, I thought he had like studied the written language, but I guess he hadn't. Um, and I was like, oh, have you not done that? And he's like, no, I don't know how to do that. And then um, Stephanie's like, yeah, I mean, I can't do the written language or whatever. And I was like, I thought that you could too, you know, whatever. But right. it was like, just in a way that it was like, oh, I thought that that was whatever. But then like, just no, there's no pressure to like, make some type of um korean ofrenda <laughs> i don't i don't know the whatever <laughs> pillar to our ancestors whatever that is uh-huh, like yeah. for solal or anything like that there's no like no bowing no none of that because we don't have that that's not a part you know what i mean like so it's really comfortable for the three of us to gather and to just like have that time and just like be like, I don't know, this is what Koreans do and we're Koreans, so we're going to do it, but we're, you know. And so it was just nice to to do that. But no, I think about that less as like a, I think actually because because uh, there is a CAD community, like Facebook group for the DFW area that I'm not very active in. I just think of it as me being very rude and not, not joining in, which is maybe why I'm like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not furthering any of it. So I'm deliberately I'm, ignoring uh, this group. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel, small groups. Small. Yeah. I feel yeah. like it's uh uh man, I keep I feel like uh, my brain is just blanket on stuff. Um what was I fucking gonna say? Keep all this in, keep all this in. Oh my god, what was I gonna say? I'm furious. Fumbling around, fumbling around. Oh yeah, yeah. I do remember. Yes, yes, yes. Actually that helped me a lot. Thank you. Um mm. I think that it's in those slow moments where we have to like take a minute, take a beat. Like I got to step back from doing that work. We're also, we're furthering ourselves in those moments because we're implementing everything that we've learned, whether or not we know it. So like those small things that you're talking about, um, like even just saying, like it's just randomly, I feel like is part of that learning process. And sometimes like I think we need to take those moments to actually use what we learn or you're going to just be, I feel like at my age, I'm like, when I learn new stuff, like I got to unlearn a bunch of stuff that I already do because <laughs> I don't have enough. Yeah. Learn one thing, take like yeah. 12 steps backward to make room I got, for that I only have thing. a one gig storage drive up here. I, <laughs> well, I, just I wait till you're my age. Then, you, then you're not trying to move the stuff out. You're just forgetting it on, at, on yeah. random. I feel it's like I'm going, already doing it. Yeah, I feel like it just you. deletes things uh, yeah. <laughs> without my knowledge or consent. Exactly. That, I didn't click yes, exactly. but it clicked yes for me. Like, would you like to end um, the trash? Like, I mean, I guess but so. by like practicing those things that you learn in those in those quiet moments, you know, hopefully you just becomes muscle memory and yeah. you like learn it, you internalize it, and then you can forget it because you're just doing it now. It's part yeah. of your life. That's true. I guess like without those gatherings, I would not be going to Zion Market regularly. I wouldn't be getting the samples. I wouldn't be considering like, oh yeah, this is like I just picked up Tanjang because they always have super bomb soybean paste and i'm like when i found it i was like oh this is it and this is it in korean this is what i this is mm-hmm. the thing that i wanted and now i know the name or i wasn't practicing like giving and receiving with two hands and saying like oh or like oh come something that like yeah this is delicious whatever you know 
uh, all those little things because I live in Texas. And so right now I'm just like, man, Spanish is going to overtake my world and it's going to be so prevalent in my kid's world. Yeah. And while I don't necessarily want to raise trilingual kids because that sounds like exhausting, I'm like, well, I mean, I want them to know Korean some and I want them to know Spanish like a lot. So in English, they'll hopefully still they'll probably still be around. It's not going anywhere that yeah. fast, but uh, you know what I mean? So I just like, yeah, without those gatherings, I, you're right. I wouldn't have the opportunity to practice. Um, also it's nice because like, <laughs> I, it's funny because like, I just feel like every time I go over to their house and we do a Korean thing, something comes up and I'm like, Oh, I'll just get this. So like my last, like, like sold out gifts were like, those like, hot stone bowls and like metal chopsticks. <laughs> so it's just yeah. like, even I think for me, like just the, Oh, here's some, here's a little bit of Korean culture, even while I'm eating other bits of Korean culture that I'm like, Oh, I got to get that. You know, whatever. It's nice. So yeah, yeah that's fair. I got to practice. It's not, not adoptee Korean stuff. Yeah, exactly. You know, well, it doesn't I even have to never, be, yeah. I mean, it doesn't even I just, have to be adoptee general stuff. friendship. Yeah. yeah. It, well, I mean, that's part of it. It's like, I don't know. It's just like the community part aspect of it, I think, is the most important thing. Yeah. Because whether you go through the identity stuff or not, like, I think just having a person or knowing that you can find like one or two people out there who can just, you just find in this journey, I think is so, so, so important, whether you do anything with it or not. Um, because it's fucking lonely. Like, it's lonely and it gets yeah. like super sad and depressing sometimes. And if you don't have like, especially if you enter this and you like don't have a partner uh, or a significant other and you're just like kind of in like just whatever circumstances found you kind of on this island. You or know, you have a partner who doesn't understand or doesn't exactly want to or, like you, that, or even yeah. the Yeah. Or you're just isolated in a different way yeah. um, wherever you're at, like to find those people in the community, whether you do adoptee stuff, whether you do your culture of origin stuff, any of that, just to have those people is so is is the key because then like it just lessens that burden of just existing and being caught in this, these in-betweens and whether you understand it or not like at least you're caught there with somebody else so yeah with that being said if anybody wants to reach out to us feel free i mean if you don't know anyone in your area you don't know anyone at all yeah, yeah, we'll be your plenty. friends. We will. We have we'll plenty be your, of your new best friends. That's the catchphrase yeah. of the year. Twenty twenty three, your new best friends. We are Love your it. new best friends. That's <laughs> that's taking up a lot of my brain space right now. Is remembering <laughs> that, that catchphrase. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, uh, let's do a food. All right, Sounds let's do a food. Good. Yeah, time right. to celebrate. Welcome back to the John Cheese Show. Food, Thank you. Eating, drinking, snacking portion. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Chill applause. Food. Okay, so today we are eating uh, this little snack that has very little English on it. So all I know... <laughs> does it have any English? It, it does. The word up. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's fair. So, I was going to say, it's like, it has nutrition facts. <laughs> yeah, that's just English. pointing to where you open it. But oddly enough, I translated the part above it. It's the part above it says peanut content. So there you go. Um, whatever we're eating has peanuts in it. And you can tell that also because there's a picture of a peanut. 
Um, but it's made by Orion. Looks like this is all rounded in a little uh, like popcorn puff or something. Yeah. Do you, you know what it's called, the bag? Yeah. though? I don't even know what it's called, except the translation on the back just says peanut crunch. Yeah. Great. I mean, Dangong. Dangong, Kang Jong Un. That's the topic, I guess. So, yeah. Dangong, Kang Jong. Oh, these look a little sometimes, bit different, I thought. Really? Sometimes when I speak Korean, it feels silly <laughs> and wrong. Dong Kong. I definitely dong. smell the peanut when you open it up. Um, yeah, it definitely looks a little, uh, up. little like a open here. Looks like a peanut rice crispy treat. That's what that looks like. It's like about the size of a smells baby good. meatball. How did you guys open this? Where it says tear on the side. Oh no, okay, it worked. It worked. I'm just bad at using my hands. Oh, yep. Oh god. I hate this. Oh, oh yeah. That's a lot of peanut butter. <laughs> it's very I don't hate it. I like it. But that's really huh. intense, y'all. Yeah. Wow. Honestly, it just tastes like a little Ritz peanut butter cracker. All right. Ritz. So the one yeah. word that I do know on this that I see a couple times is kozo. What's um, that mean? Kozo. Han. Down here. Han. I'll never forget this. Kozo Han. Sesame flavor. Mm. From our favorite Kozo Me Crackers with the episode with Minju. Shout out from at Fluent Korean. Well, wow. it I, I don't know I why, like but it. I'll never forget that word. Yeah. I, I would have to say, I mean, I, I was surprised at what it looks like because it does look like a Rice Krispie treat. I don't see actual physical peanuts in it. They're in there. I can taste it. I think but it's I like can in the it. middle. Yeah, there yeah, must it's in be the like... Oh. It's a sweet surprise in the middle of the snack. <laughs> no, nope, you lied. It's not. But I do taste them. I feel like are I'm biting into the surprise? peanut. Yeah, if you're a good child. <laughs> and not allergic to them. That's like, not allergic, yeah, like not allergic I guess. <laughs> yeah, what? I'm definitely biting into a peanut. But yeah. I don't know where... Oh, I'll just crumb hmm. my pants a little bit. Yeah, I don't see it yeah. on there either. You're right. Yeah. I mean, I think they're like camouflage because it's the camouflage. It's the same color as the rice krispies in it. So I think that's oh, okay. why it's Here's hard one. to see. This it. isn't gonna show up. Oh, there you go. You got a oh, giant yeah, one right yeah. there. But that, looks like the, that looks like it's on the thing. Yeah, on the cover, like the cover the photo. They weren't lying. Good job, Orion. Good um, job not being a liar. No, I like these. I could eat this whole bag. I'm I just I'm ate, going uh, to. Yeah, I was gonna say I just ate dinner, so I'm kinda not I'm trying to refrain from eating the whole thing. Um, Don't do it. But yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, I'm not a big fan of peanut butter, but this is... <laughs> not, whoa. Bless you? <laughs> you can cut you that also, out. That was on camera, too. I must you be also froze, so that was wild. <laughs> I just saw you go... <gasps> like you were dabbing, and then <laughs> you sneezed. I must be allergic to peanuts, too. <laughs> Somebody... <laughs> Somebody give me an EpiPen. As um, he goes into the bag for more peanuts. <laughs> Just making sure. All right, what are you going to write it? Mm. Nathan. Wow. Nathan. Um, I like this more than halfway, not all the way to a five, so I'm going to go straight four. I like four. this more than halfway. <laughs> <laughs> That's my reasoning. Yes, I like it um, better than average. But I'm not. It's not perfect, but it is right below that. So I'm giving it the four because it's not too sweet, not too peanutty, 
It's crunchy. I don't know. I mean, it's, I like it. I think it's well-rounded. Can't go much, can't go wrong with that. I almost wanted to I say, like what it. are, what, now here's, here's one more thing that might bump it up to a five. What if it had like half of it that was dipped in chocolate? I was about to say, if you're going to say you're going to put this in a bowl full of milk, I'm about to slap you off of this computer screen. You're getting slapped <laughs> no. off like a screen, dude. No, yes. I would not do that. No, but chocolate. <laughs> I'm, I'm just still stuck on. I like this more than halfway. That's <laughs> tickling me to no end. <laughs> I'm good with my words. Interesting. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't love peanuts or peanut butter, uh, but this is not, it's like very nutty without being super peanut-y, if that makes sense. Um Emphasis on the nut. So I think it's a good flavor overall. I do kind of feel like I'm eating birdseed, which is not a great feel for me. Um, I'm going to give it a three out of five. I think it's entirely fine. It's uh, it's not like, I don't know, 2.5 is like I nothing it, like just no opinions. So, I mean, I, I like it, but uh, it's not like not incredible. So three out of five for me. Mm. Mm. Uh, I'm going to give it a four and a half. I'm really enjoying this snack. Wow. I like your description of the bird feed seed. Uh, that's making me laugh. And so that's I'm a plus gonna, for you? Yeah. It makes that was like, like a, more. not a good thing. For yeah, me. yeah. It's like, it's making me laugh. And um, I'm just no, having a good time with a snack. It's, it's um, healthy. <laughs> if it had, Nathan, I'm glad you brought it up because if this had chocolate on it, that would be the only addition that I would make to it. Just cover this thing in chocolate. Yeah. Pop it in my mouth. I'll eat a hundred of these and give it a five. <laughs> But I'm going to wow. go 4.5. Did I say that already? 4.5. Yeah. Great snack. Great for birds. And <laughs> great for humans that like to eat bird food. And are not allergic to peanuts. So. Yeah, probably not good for birds, actually. I, I got white sugar on it. Mm. This is just mm. a solid snack. Yeah, no, I like it. I like it I said, a lot. I, said, I like it better than half. <laughs> I love it. Oh, corn syrup, stuff. peanut butter. Wait, sorry. Corn syrup, peanut, wheat flour, white sugar, corn starch, vegetable oil, salt, and then a bunch of uh, chemicals. So, I chemicals, also have to say that the chemicals. size is perfect. Pop not right too big mouth. and it's not too small. Although Patrick threw it into his mouth, he could have technically choked on that one. We would have sat here watching you. <laughs> and then all of YouTube would have sat here and watched me die too. Well, yeah, I tried to CPR you across the screen. Yeah, I know. I it's possible. If you, I heard if you yell loud enough, like it'll happen. Mm. The computer will Go, fall send off. Send you into of cardiac the, arrest. <laughs> yeah, the computer Not will fall off. Not only is he choking, I've also sent him into me. cardiac arrest. <laughs> I'll just sneeze again. How about that? <laughs> All right. Well. Um, All right. Well. Thank you. Thank you for listening, everyone. If it's your first time or you've been listening since the beginning. Um, you can find us on all the interwebs locations. Not all of them, but you know the ones. Um, at John Chi Show. Um, we are on the web at johnchishow.com. We have some merch there at our shop. Um, you can support us. Buy me a coffee. You can um, rate us, of course, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I don't know. Do they still do ratings on, pod- on Spotify now? Actually, I'm on only on Apple podcast. Music. Yeah. But we appreciate all the ones. we. I looked at it recently. We had like 68 reviews already so i just 68,000 reviews 68,000 68,000 reviews if you want to be one in a thousand Mm -hmm. just kidding uh you can also leave us a voicemail which i don't know if you uh listened to our last 
all the way to the end of our last episode, but we did have a uh, very good, very heartfelt message. Heartfelt message that we are not. That was so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You can leave that voicemail at 972-677-8867. And you can email us at John T show at just like media.com. Am I forgetting anything? I don't know. I don't 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 think so. Um, Oh, in case you were wondering, uh, the voice, the phone number goes straight to a voicemail box. No one actually talks to you. So if that's a plus <laughs> or a minus, just wanted to throw sure. that out there for you. Um, you can find me at nnowalk on Instagram. You can find me at KJ Relke, wherever I want to be found on the internet. I ate all mine. <laughs> oh my gosh. All of yours? Oh my yeah. gosh. Are you that's kidding empty. me? Dude, this bag is... A serving size is one sixth of the bag. <laughs> yeah, one I know. third. It's three one third. No. It's no, it says it's three servings six. per container. One third. One what? third of pack. Yeah. No, it does not. Yeah, it Mine does. Look. One third. Oh, look on the no. But the what? whole pack is three hundred and ninety <laughs> calories. Seriously, <laughs> so. like one sixth. Mine says one sixth. <laughs> That's weird. Really? Did you get a That's bigger wild. bag? What? What the hell? Like, you no, know, that's I was the same my size. Head. Huh. Oh, well, maybe that is bigger than one. Is it 80 grams? No, mine's 167. Oh, yeah, you got a twice the size of oh. ours. <laughs> Which makes a lot of sense. I was like, third to one six. you just ate so many calories. <laughs> <laughs> I was legitimately concerned for you. <laughs> um, well, if you want to check on my livelihood, you can do that at Patrick in the World, wherever I can be found on the internet. Incredible. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess until next week. Wait, we have an episode coming out next week. We will. Hopefully, I don't Hopefully. know. <laughs> we'll until see then. you next time. Until then, Joshi. Hey yo. Hey yo. Hey-o. Hey-o.